What's happening, everybody? Who won the 2024 National Signing Day yesterday in the SEC? We will discuss Locked On SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today. You'll get 200 bucks in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Shout out to our everydayers checking us out. Uh, we're on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. All right. Yesterday was National signing day in recruiting and let's be real this day has largely become very quiet um majority of teams signed their recruiting classes back in december during the early signing period i get it look we're gonna have to change the names eventually because the early signing period is basically national signing day and national signing day is like i don't know probably what they thought early signing day was going to be like you sign like one dude and that's that but uh, that said, we were pretty active yesterday. There were some notable additions on Wednesday in the SEC. So let's get into it as we uh, recap a little bit on signing day in the SEC. And we start with over at Texas A&M. They were the ones active, making some moves yesterday. Terry Bussey committed to Texas A&M back in September, but did not sign with the Aggies in December. Uh, he was being courted still by Georgia and LSU and there were some reports LSU was making a really good, uh, really strong late push. But ultimately, yesterday, Terry Bussey signed with the Aggies. He's a five-star athlete out of the state of Texas, rated the number 11 player in the class of 2024, according to the 24-7 Composite. He's the nation's number one ranked athlete. Recruited by the Aggies by TJ Rushing and Bryant gross Armiento. Uh, 5'10", 180 pounds. He runs track and field, plays basketball, baseball, and has uh, played all over the football field at the high school level. So the Aggies getting a big addition there. Their second five-star addition for uh, this recruiting group and Mike Elko. Now the Aggies did also pick up a commitment from four-star wide receiver Ashton Bethel-Roman. If you remember him, he signed with the Ag- uh, signed with Arkansas back in on the early signing period, but backed off that pledge, was able to uh, get out of his national letter of intent with Arkansas, and now he's heading to Texas A&M. Big pickup for the Aggies. He's the uh, number 38 wide receiver in the country for this class, number 38 player from the state of Texas. So a couple of Texas kids stay local and go to Texas A&M. By the way, Bethel Roman Six foot tall, 170 pounds, and uh, put the Aggies into the top 20, finishing 19th overall. So congrats to Mike Elko. Pretty strong there where you can come in and uh, in a coaching transition, taking over a spot where you know everybody was jumping ship and that sort of thing, and you're able to solidify a top 20 class. Really strong there from Mike Elko. You expect AM will have some higher recruiting classes in the coming years. Over at LSU. They officially added big five-star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley. 
He committed to LSU back on New Year's Eve, but you never know until the signing day gets here, put pen to paper, and McKinley officially put pen to paper and is signing with LSU. Now, he was originally committed to Texas A&M, but chose not to sign with the Aggies during the early signing period after they fired Jimbo Fisher. Did have offers from schools like Ohio State, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, but he's a Lafayette kid, six foot five, two hundred and eighty pounds, and decided to stay at home and go to LSU. The number fourteen overall player, the number four defensive lineman in the country in the class of twenty twenty four. So solid gets there. Over at Alabama, Ryan Williams officially signed with the Crimson Tide yesterday. No surprise, uh, he announced the move at his signing ceremony in high school and uh, added Roll Tide. And a lot of people draw comparisons. Is he going to be that next alpha dog receiver that Alabama has been missing? The Julio Jones, the Amari Cooper, the Jerry Judy, whoever you want to compare him to, uh, Calvin Ridley. Uh, Williams uh, did uh, end up getting his paperwork in, signed on Wednesday after he previously said he would wait until Friday, which will be his 17th birthday, so still very young. But he's a five-star receiver, decommitted from Alabama after Nick Saban retired, but recommitted to Kalen DeBoer about two weeks ago. And he was named Mr. Football in the state of Alabama, called his recommitment one of the best decisions he's made in his life. And six feet tall, 165 pounds, the number two player in the state of Alabama, number three wide receiver, and number four overall prospect in the class of 2024. If you remember, he did reclassify from the 2025 class, so that's why he's so young, but a big-time playmaker there that uh, Kalen DeBoer adds to the Alabama recruiting class. Over Kentucky, Mark Stoops getting an addition to his class, a 2024 linebacker named Quintavian Norman out of the state of Georgia. He's a three-star recruit, six foot three, 205 pounds, and made it official, signing with Kentucky yesterday. He told KSR, they understood my story. They developed players. That's their tradition. I get along with Coach Brad White, Coach Mark Stoops. They really believe in me and gave me an opportunity. I'm going to bring win- winning. We're going to get rings. I like that quote. Uh, Quintavian Norman, uh, obviously his brother, his older brother, Tate uh, Gowan, is a cornerback for the Titans. Played his college ball at UCF, so... Some football pedigree there, but uh, congrats to Quintavian Norman heading to Kentucky. So what does it look like? Well, the SEC, again, dominated with all the elite players out there in the 2024 class. SEC signed 21 of the 32 five-stars, including Texas and Oklahoma in there, and the other conferences saw five signed with the Big Ten, three to the ACC, and two to the Big 12, one to Notre Dame. So obviously... The best of the best comes to the SEC. But Alabama led the way with five signees, rated as five stars. Now, Julian Sayan counts in that group, but he has since transferred to Ohio State, so you really can't count him. Uh, Georgia had four signees as five stars. Auburn, Florida, and Texas each signed a pair of five stars. And so uh, what does it look like? Well, Ellis Robinson of Georgia, he's at the top of this list. He's number two overall. DJ Lagway, the Florida quarterback, he's number three and so on and so forth. A lot of big-time names in here. Uh, On3 wrote a piece on who they think can make an immediate impact in the SEC next year. And just to run through some of these names, uh, Auburn wide receiver Cam Coleman, they think, has the case to be the biggest freak of the bunch at six foot three and a half, 185 pounds, 33 and a half inch arms. 
Uh, look, Auburn, it's been it's been dismal at the wide receiver spot the last couple of years. So Cam Coleman, definitely a guy who will play immediately, and Hugh Freeze will take advantage of see, seeing him out there. Georgia cornerback Ellis Robinson, I think he's going to probably slide in and start from day one, getting to play for former Alabama assistant Travaris Robinson there at uh, Georgia. So Ellis Robinson, definitely a dude to watch next year at Georgia. Over at Florida, they got a couple of guys. D-lineman L.J. McCray and linebacker Miles Graham, both guys that they think will see immediate impact there on that Florida defense. They could use the help. Uh, over at Alabama, they make a case for Ryan Williams seeing the field immediately, even though you know, he's just about to turn 17, that the Mr. Football winner in the state of Alabama going to hit the field early and often. And then over at Ole Miss, they list uh, William Eccles, the O-lineman there to uh, – be a guy that could probably contribute immediately on Ole Miss's O-line in 2024. So, pretty interesting stuff there. One other 2025 recruiting note, uh, Arkansas did add four-star offensive lineman Karius Kern, uh, but that's not for this signing class. This is for next year, but he's 6'5", 288 pounds, the number 241 overall prospect in the class. So, what did it look like? If you saw the rankings, we're going with the 24-7 sports uh, composite ranks. I know a lot of people are switching to on three now. We may do that eventually, but sticking with the old faithful on uh, the 24-7 sports composite. They've got Georgia 1, Bama 2, Texas 6, LSU 7, Oklahoma 8, Auburn 10. So six of the top 10 teams ranked there are all from the SEC. Uh, Tennessee comes in at 13 overall, Florida at 14, Texas A&M 19, Mizzou 20. So, again, that's, what, 10 teams from the SEC in the top 20 recruiting rankings. And then uh, rounded out, Ole Miss had the 21st best class, South Carolina 22, Kentucky 25, Mississippi State 28, Arkansas 31, and Vandy 41. So, crazy. Every SEC school ranked in the top 41 of the National recruiting rankings and, you know, 14 of the 16 ranked in the top 28. Pretty damn impressive there from the SEC. Uh, but, again, that's the 24-7 sports composite. If you want to go by the on three, I get it, um, whatever your preference is. All right, thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, Nick Saban wasn't unemployed very long. We'll talk about uh, Nick Saban's new gig here coming up in just a second right here on Locked on SEC. I want to remind you guys, the big game is happening this weekend. And from our friend, friends over at FanDuel, they're wishing, wishing, I'll get it out, a happy Super Bowl to everybody out there. They are America's number one sports book. They are FanDuel. And if you're like me, you're heading to a Super Bowl party or you're hosting one and you're going to be grabbing all your favorite snacks, grabbing a seat on the couch, but you're going to be placing some super bets. And that's where you need to go to our friends over at FanDuel. New customers can join today. You can get 200 bucks. In bonus bets, if your first bet of $5 or more wins, you just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Once you get in there, you can download the app, log in. You can start making all your bets, getting in all the action. They got player props, which players are going to score a touchdown first this weekend. If you like the Chiefs, still sitting there as an underdog. Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs been sitting there as an underdog. They got it there for you over at FanDuel. If you like them to pull off the upset, how many points will be scored, the over-under, all that for you. Uh, you can bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, and FanDuel's got all that action for you. Again, go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL.
All right, roll along here, Locked On SEC. We give you guys a recap to National Signing Day yesterday. I get it. We call it National Signing Day. Big fat dud for much of the SEC, but all the work was done back in December. But um, it's funny. A lot of teams have shifted their focus now to 2025. But uh, nonetheless, we've got some news we got to hit on going on around the conference. So let's dive into it. We're going to start with our buddy Nick Saban here. Boots out to the right. Around the conference. That's right. Uh, over at ESPN, Nick Saban obviously finished up his longtime coaching career at Alabama just a couple weeks ago, but he is not done in the football world. On Wednesday, it was officially announced Nick Saban is going to join ESPN as a college football analyst. Now, what is his role going to be? Well, he's going to be on college game day. He will also be a part of ESPN's coverage of the NFL draft. And he will make an appearance at SEC Media Days. Shout out to my folks who uh, help run PR over there. Can you put me on the guest list to get Nick Saban on? Yeah, I'm sure uh, nobody will be requesting him. Um, nonetheless, the move, uh, not that surprising. You remember Reese Davis did that sit down with him on the day after he officially retired. And Reese Davis even hinted at him potentially joining college game day. Uh, Saban does have experience. He's made guest appearances for ESPN throughout his career. And uh, if you remember what he was a guest analyst on the national championship game just uh, two years ago when Georgia beat TCU, he was on the crew there. So he's got experience and looks like he will fit in just fine. Saban saying in a statement, ESPN and College Game Day have played such an important role in the growth of the game. And I'm honored to have the opportunity to join them. I'll do my best to offer additional insight and perspective to contribute to game day, the ultimate Saturday tradition for college football fans. I've told you guys before, I'm a, I'm a huge college game day purist and uh, just love it. And, and look, I love SEC Nation. I will flip over and catch them a good bit. I'll, sometimes I'll DVR it and I'll go back and watch them. But I can't miss game day. I just I, I love the even when they're at a non-SEC venue, um, they still end up talking a lot of SEC, but uh, from the emotional pieces to just everything as a part of it. Um, and they've lost guys throughout the years. I, I love Bear Felica. He's over at Fox now. Uh, Stanford Steve does his picks. Uh, Herb Street, I just think he's just a class act and uh, tremendous to watch. And look, Lee Corso, I know he's getting up there in age, but all the pieces of game day. Des- Desmond Howard's been a great addition. Reese Davis is classy, filling in that chair for Chris Fowler. So, love college game day. Uh, ESPN chairman Jimmy Pitaro said, Nick Saban is a singular iconic presence in college football. He's also an extremely gifted communicator. He will immediately add more credibility and entertainment value to ESPN. Now, here's the question. Saban's going to join this crew. Who's going to be on this crew? Well, in the statement uh, or the release from ESPN, they said Nick Saban is going to join a team that includes host Reese Davis and then analysts Lee Corso, Kirk Herbstreet, Desmond Howard, and Pat McAfee, along with their insider Pete Thamel and reporters Jen Leda and Jess Sims, as well as uh, Stanford Steve, of course. So I think this begs the question, how much longer will Lee Corso go? Um... Don't feel like I'm being offensive saying that. Coach Corso is going to turn 89 this August. We know he had the stroke a couple years ago. He's not as strong as he once was, but he's not as he's not bad. I think he still does a pretty damn good job getting through it. And, and he's just he is college game day, right? I mean, Lee Corso's been doing it for so long. 
Um, you have to wonder if he will consider, you know, will they make an announcement that this might be Corso's last year? Maybe Corso says, I want to give it another two years, whatever. The Saban hiring, though, gives them some flexibility there. And look, I, I saw some tweets already. People come in and say, can we get McAfee off of there? They think McAfee adds the younger crowd. And look, there's some SEC fans who really like him. There's some who hate him. It is whatever. Uh, he's polarizing. But McAfee's not going anywhere. Uh, Saban joins the crew. But like I said, got to think that Corso, you know, maybe only goes another year or so. And then they can kind of pivot to Desmond, Reese, Saban, McAfee, and Herb, Herb Street. Saban, by the way, 72. So not a ton younger than Lee Corso in his time joining them. I always thought they would go with somebody, you know, a coach way younger getting out of the game. But uh, nonetheless, congrats to Coach Saban. We'll look forward to seeing him on college game day real soon. Other tidbits going on around the conference. Let's go over to South Carolina where they announced yesterday Big Gamecock weekend. Going to be held April 19th through the 21st, and that will include the Garnet and Black Spring game be held at 7 Eastern on Saturday, April 20th. Admission free to the game. Gamecocks entering year four of Shane Beamer, and uh, they're going to raise the expectations this year. They did not make a bowl game this year, and so five and seven, not exciting for the Gamecocks. They want to get back to at least, at minimum, getting to a bowl game, so we'll see what Shane Beamer's crew will look like heading into this year. But mark your calendar, April 20th will be South Carolina's spring game. Over at Florida, Billy Napier talking uh, at a Wednesday press conference about play calling duties moving forward. And Napier kind of hinted at maybe a change. He said, we're in the process of defining those roles is what I would say. We're working our way through that. I do think there will be different responsibilities to some degree. Napier added a future hire would allow his time to be more allocated in the right places. He said, I think it's been a heck of a two years in terms of all the new things that have come with the job. Offensively, we may have different titles, responsibilities in that group of people. There could be an addition or two. We've shuffled the deck, but ultimately we will keep the same system and keep moving forward in that regard. Asked specifically about bringing a new play caller, Napier said, all that's to be determined. we got time to figure those things out, but I don't see any major overhauls outside of just how we organize that group and how we operate in-house. So keep an eye on that, but uh, it will be interesting if Billy Napier brings in somebody specifically to come run the uh Run the offense, call the plays. Uh, defensive changes, Napier confirmed uh, the bring in Ron Roberts, Will Harris, and Gerald Chapman. He said it's a good room, and we're in a good place there. He said Austin Armstrong is still going to call plays on defense and lead meetings, but that Ron Roberts is going to coach the coaches and will oversee that side of the ball and approve of the installation of the defensive game plan. So uh, Ron Roberts, good defensive mind, good defense last year at Auburn, and we'll take that over to Florida. Speaking of Auburn, Auburn promoting an analyst to an on-field role. Uh, rivals reporting that Vontrell King-Williams is going to be Auburn's new defensive line coach. He will fo- focus on defensive tackles, while Josh Aldridge will shift roles from linebackers coach to coaching the edge rushers. DJ Durkin, who was recently hired as the D.C., he will coach the linebackers. But Vontrell King-Williams been in coaching since 2017, is at UTSA, Eastern Michigan, and then was on Hugh Freeze's staff at Liberty in 2020 and 2021. So, see if uh, how that adjusts there over at Auburn. Over at Texas, Isaiah Bond coming in in the transfer portal, and Steve Sarkeesian meeting with the media yesterday. 
uh, mentioned the addition of Bond, said electric receiver for us, a guy that we recruited hard out of the state of Georgia. He went to school at Alabama, had a tremendous year for them. Great deep ball player, deep threat, elite speed. We think there's more to his game than just that. So we'll see what Isaiah Bond does going from Alabama over to Texas. One more note, Steve Sarkeesian going on the record yesterday saying Quinn Ewers is our QB1 at Texas heading into 2024. He said, we like Arch. He said Arch will play at some point, but Arch Manning is the backup. Quinn Ewers is the starter. So I don't know why you need to go out there and say that on February 7th when you could just wait and let it play out. I mean, what I've said it. What if Arch outplays Ewers in the spring? Probably not going to happen, but like, at least leave the door open, but coming out that quick and saying, hey, Arch, it's not your job, bro. It's Quinn yours. Yeah, we get it. Quinn decided to come back. He's very talented, but Arch is very talented too. What happens if he, I don't know, outplays him in the spring and Quinn makes a bunch of mistakes? Just something to keep an eye on there, but uh, again, start going on the record, making it known. All right, still more to come here on Locked on SEC, part of the Locked on Podcast Network covering your team every day, and an interesting story on Kirk Herbstreit. Did he sway a quarterback recruit away from Georgia? We'll discuss that here coming up in just a sec. Well, first, I want to remind you about our friends over at the Game Time app. Look, Game Time is the fast and easy way for you to buy tickets for all your favorite sporting events. And right now, this weekend, all users getting 100 bucks off when they buy a big game ticket using the, the code VEGAS100. They got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. They're going to take the guesswork out of buying tickets. They are obsessed with finding you ways to help you save money on tickets. They've got deals right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. I told you guys went to an NFL game a couple weeks back, and uh, super easy. Looked at the view from the seat. That was the exact view I got when I sat in the seat at the stadium. Super easy. Just a couple of uh, clicks on the app and you got your tickets and you're good to go they got the game time guarantee also which means you'll get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference go take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time and right now all game time users get a hundred bucks off a big game ticket with their code vegas 100 again terms apply just download the game time app use code vegas 100 or 100 bucks off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, run along here, Locked On SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. And as we dive back into it, some interesting storylines coming out of uh, the college football world. For those of you guys who missed this, uh, there was a story that came out yesterday. Kirk Herbstreet apparently was among the people who encouraged five-star quarterback Dylan Raiola to flip his commitment from Georgia to Nebraska. Now, that's according to Raiola's father, Dominic. He was doing an interview yesterday with rivals, I guess talking about his commitment, going to play for Nebraska, excitement going there. And here's what Dominic... Raiola said, he said, when Kirk Herbstreet saw the smoke about Dylan entertaining Nebraska, he reached out to me. He called me and he said, dude, is this true? He's got to do it. He went on to say his affinity for Nebraska, for a guy like that to tell me and get behind me, I knew he needed to do it. But I wasn't going to sit here and say, you need to go change that place or be a part of the the change of that place. So when Kirk told me that, I've had other coaches reach out to me and say the place is special. Coach Matt Rule is a special leader. So, 
just very interesting because, you know, Kirk Herbstreit's a broadcaster. Um, he's also a big college football fan, and I get it. A lot of us have said, you know, schools like college football's better when schools like Nebraska and Miami are good and playing very competitively. But, um, I don't know, just kind of interesting. George, look, Georgia's got Carson Beck coming back. Uh, they lose Brock Vandergriff, goes over to Kentucky. But you got Gunnar Stockton. And they also brought in uh, four-star Ryan Puglisi in this class, which, of course, was ranked number one. So, And I like Ryan Puglisi. If you read his comments, you know, with Ray, you know he he kind of said during the whole recruiting thing, I don't care if Raiola comes there or not. I'm going to beat him out. I'm excited to go play for Georgia. So, you know, I, I think Georgia's fine without Raiola, but uh, he does, you know, attended Buford High School right there in Georgia and, when he made his flip, a lot of people were shocked. Like, wow, why is he going to go to Nebraska over Georgia? He's the number 21 overall player, number three quarterback in the class of 2024. But uh, those connections there. His dad uh, obviously played there. His uncle currently serves as the O-line coach in Nebraska. So I don't think anybody was shocked when he made his uh, flip there. But, you know, was Kirk Herbstreit really the reason behind? And... Is that a sticky territory when a broadcaster is interfering with the recruitment of a kid? I say interfering. Again, it's it's I, I think I don't have a problem with Herb Street saying that. But you know, it seems like like the motive there is like, oh, well, Nebraska's been down. But I know Matt Rule, and he's a great coach, and they could really use a player like that. George will be fine. They they've got players stacked everywhere. Um, again, just a very unique situation. But it'll also be very unique, too, with Nick Saban on the game day broadcast. Is he still going to maybe help out with recruiting for Alabama? Will he be restricted from doing that? I don't know. Be fun to see how it plays out. All right, real quick, uh, over on the basketball court, Auburn took control of the Iron Bowl of hoops in uh, the Wednesday night game, beating Alabama 99-81 to in Auburn. And the number 12 Tigers defeat number 16 Alabama. So they even up the season series, and it was a big one for Auburn. I said yesterday I thought it was a must-win for them. They had to beat Alabama, and their home crowd showed out. The scoring spurts were crazy. Auburn had a 32-18 lead. Then Alabama took a 37-36 lead with four and a half minutes to go in the first half. And then Auburn went on another run and never looked back. Um, Auburn jumped up 55-41 at the half, and... Again, just kind of jumped away from it. But big win there for Auburn. Jalen Williams and Johnny Broom were both fantastic. Uh, Williams had 26 points, 8 of 13 shooting, 9 for 10 at the line. And then Johnny Broom, 24 points, 7 of 16 shooting with a team-high 7 rebounds. So big-time win there. Alabama have been on top as the only SEC team with one conference loss prior to this. But with Auburn's win, they are now th- there are now three teams sitting at 8-2 and two in conference play. Auburn, Alabama... And the shocker, South Carolina. Uh, Tennessee is now 7-2. They've played one fewer conference contest. Uh, Tennessee did beat LSU last night, going away 88-68. So there you go there. And uh, one more football nugget before we get out of here. Uh, just looking at what the Super Bowl happening this weekend. A lot of SEC guys. Uh, going to be part of these teams happening this weekend. Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers. 24 former players from current SEC schools are on the active rosters. An additional six former players are on practice squads or injured reserve 
Florida and Georgia have the most players in the Super Bowl with five, uh, all with five former players on the active rosters. Uh, 13 SEC schools will have at least one player represented. Georgia and LSU tie for the nation's longest active streak of 23 straight seasons with at least one former player on one of the Super Bowl rosters. Uh, a representative from an SEC program has been named MVP of the Super Bowl five times since 2006. But uh, here they are for the Chiefs. You'll have Isaiah Bugs from Bama, Prince Tego Wanago from Auburn. Florida's got Trey Dean, LaMichael Pirine, Juwan Taylor, Kadarius Toney, and Tommy Townsend. Georgia, Mecole Hardman, Malik Herring. Kentucky, Mike Edwards, Darian Kennard. Uh, LSU, Clyde Edwards-Elair, Neil Farrell. Mississippi State, Willie Gay, Chris Jones. Mizzou, Nick Bolton, Tyree Gillespie, and Blaine Gabbert. Uh, Tennessee with Trey Smith. And then over on the 49ers side, you got Cameron Latou from Alabama. Uh, Brandon Allen and Dre Greenlaw from Arkansas. Robert Beal, Chris Conley, Charlie Warner from Georgia. Ty Davis-Price from LSU. Javon Kinlaw and Debo Samuel from South Carolina. Juwan Jennings from Tennessee. And Oren Burks from Vanderbilt. So, cool to see all those SEC guys, former uh, studs in the SEC, all competing in some way or form on the Super Bowl rosters. All right, thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Our everydayers, come on back tomorrow on the show. More tidbits going on around the conference. Still have a couple more of our Senior Bowl interviews we got to bring you as well. And, hey, for your second listen, Locked On has made the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. They're here for you 24-7, covering all the top sports stories of the day with all of our local local experts at Locked On. Just go to YouTube, search Locked On Sports Today, and you'll find that streaming there. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. Thank you guys again for coming and checking us out. We'll be back tomorrow talking all things SEC. Join us right here on Locked On SEC.